You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Yes, encounter camp happening over Anzac weekend. The best weekend to get rid of your kids. They won't be annoying you. You'll be able to just eat your own food from your own fridge. Sounds like a dream to me. Uh, You won't be able to miss it. In that direction, you can sign your kids up. Massive sign, you can't miss it. Uh, So make sure if you are a parent of teenagers, or even grandkid teenagers, uh, pop on over there, ask the team some questions. They'd love to help you. Love to see how you can sign your kids up. Online, I just want to say a massive hello to you. Anybody watching online today in our online campus, we love you. So glad you're tuning in today. Yes, come on, give them another big hand. We love them. Uh, Steve is at our West Campus today because they are celebrating. Uh, They're kind of doing a launch party. So having a big party to say, yeah, we're um, a campus now. And so um, we've just been praying for them and just believing that they're going to have the best day today. And then tonight at the 5 p.m., they're having a special 5 p.m. service out at West uh, there where we're going to officially induct um, Andy and Danny as the lead passes in there. So a big day of celebration for them. So Steve's going to be with them all day. Um, although I think, he's getting, I think he's getting the easy job. He's got two services this morning. So I reckon like it's like a holiday for him today. We're, uh, we're in 21 days of prayer as a church. And uh, it's already been an amazing week. I think the journey we've been on this week has just been really powerful and incredible. And as we follow that journey, we are talking about prayers that move heaven. And uh, I want to carry that on today. And I'm, I've got a message called Shameless boldness. And that can be really hard to say. If you say it too quickly, you can get a bit mixed up in it. So I need the help of the Lord today. So I'm going to pray and then we'll get stuck straight into it. Oh God, we thank you, Lord. God, that you love every person here. Oh, you love them so much, oh God. And Lord, I thank you that you have got a plan and a purpose for their lives. And Lord, I thank you that you are a God who loves to hear our prayers. And so, Jesus, as we commit this time to you, I pray that you would help me. God, fill me up with your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. Give me the words to say, Lord God. May it be about you, not me, or anything else, O oh Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So in Luke chapter 11, uh, you, if you read in there, you'll see that Jesus teaches his disciples a particular way to pray. They say to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he teaches them what is very famous to all of us, a prayer known as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins or trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. And then following that prayer is actually, these are the verses I want us to focus on today where Jesus goes on to teach them a little bit more on prayer still. He says, suppose one of you, in Luke 11 verse 5, he says, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because of of a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up and give you anything. 
I tell you, Jesus says, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I like that. Shameless boldness. And we're talking about prayers that move heaven. And all I want to say to you today is that the prayers that move heaven are prayers of shameless boldness. This message isn't anything crazy or out of the box. My heart is that it would just encourage you today and that you would just leave this place or finish watching online with a bit more shameless boldness inside of you for the prayers that you are believing for. Is that okay? Well, we had our team building day as a staff this Tuesday. Tuesday just gone, and every year at the beginning of the year, we all go down to Maraitai Beach, and we do a team building day. All um, the staff and team from all our campuses and our leadership college and every one of us, we all come together. And uh, I tell you what, we get into teams and we compete. And it is competitive, I have to tell you. In fact, salvations are on the line on team building day. And I'm not pointing to anyone in particular, but there are some people on our staff who are very, very competitive. (laughs) Well, one of the games that we played was Zorb Soccer. Now, I don't know if you've played Zorb Soccer before, but Zorb Soccer, do you know what a Zorb is? A Zorb is one of those giant inflatable balls. It's see-through, so you can kind of see out of it. Giant inflatable balls. And in Zorb Soccer, you get strapped to the inside of that ball. So you're strapped in. You've got it on almost like a backpack, only you're right in the middle of it. And the idea of the game is that you have to run along in your enormous inflatable ball and kick the ball towards your goal while not being tackled by the other team. Now, the team that I was teamed up in, let's just say they were all people who were kind of the same size and build as me. So we weren't enormous. And the team that we were stacked up against, well, they were larger than us. Let's put it that way. So here we are, my team. We're all standing in line in our giant inflatable walls. (laughs) And we're looking across at this team who are enormous. But that didn't put us off, guys. It didn't put us off. It didn't deter us. We were up for the challenge. We were ready for it. We were there. We embraced ourselves. We were feeling bold. We were feeling brave. We were ready to go and do the impossible. So we got a few kicks in, but it wasn't long before literally we were like 10 pin bowling pins. (laughs) And listen, When you are lightweight and you get knocked or tackled in one of these Zorb balls, you don't just like lie over, you go flying. (laughs) My feet left the floor and I was flying. And then you end up like a little turtle on your back because you can't get up. (laughs) So there we were, 10 pin bowling turtles and, and all of us had gone, we'd all been knocked out. And it wasn't very long in the game. I think we were only about two minutes in before all of us began to retreat. And before I knew it, I'm looking around me and every single member of my team had backed themselves into a corner. We were slowly, we got a few knocks and we were, we were, our, our bravery was starting to wane. We were not as enthusiastic when we, as we were when we started this game. And all of us had retreated back into the corner to protect ourselves from getting absolutely annihilated. It was brutal. As I thought back over that game after recovering from uh, the whiplash 
that I received. I'm not sure if you're like me, but I often think sometimes my prayer life is a little bit like that game of Zorb Soccer. When I first start and I'm standing up against that thing that looks bigger than me, oh, I'm brave. I'm brave. I've got this. Like, I'm standing there. I'm brave. I'm confident. I'm bold. I I can pray the big prayers, and I'm ready. I can take on anything, and I'm ready for the impossible. And, And, you know, impossible looks easy from the start line, but then you get a few knocks in. And, and you get knocked down a little bit, and, and sometimes discouragement comes, and all of a sudden, are you like me, where you kind of sometimes start to retreat in your prayers, and you almost start to back down from what you'd originally prayed? You begin to almost like downsize whatever it is that you were believing for, and you begin to second guess whether you should be praying it in the first place, or if that's really what God wants, is that really what I need, is that really what I desire? Have you ever found yourself there? Perhaps you've been in a place where you've begun to shrink back your ask out of fear of your hopes being dashed, or you've lessened the expectations that you originally have because you're worried that you're going to be disappointed or it won't turn out how you'd hope. Well, let's take a look at the verse at what Jesus says and what he teaches his disciples in the following verses. Our our passage of Scripture goes on in verse 9 to say this. It says, So I say to you, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Listen to this, because this part is really important. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will the heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. There are three things I just want to throw out to you today when it comes to prayers that move heaven. Are you ready for it? You can follow along in your notes. The first one is this online. They're in the notes tab. The first one is this. When it comes to prayers that move heaven, we've got to know who we are praying to. When you are praying, you have to know who you are praying to. See, when Jesus teaches in Luke 11 the Lord's Prayer, When he teaches it, he starts off with a very important word, and that word is Father. He begins the prayer with Father or O Father, and it's really significant that he does that because everything that follows hinges on the knowledge that you are praying to a Father. And we have to know that, and I'll tell you why. It's because when we know that, it changes the way we ask. See, I began to think about it, and what I realize is is that when I go to ask my dad, my father, for something, I ask differently to the way that I ask anyone else. And if you are a father with a daughter, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because guys, I may be knocking on 37 years old, but when I want something or need something, I am not afraid to go to my dad and call him daddy. 
I ask different when I'm asking my dad. We ask different when we're coming to a father. It's different to the way that we ask everybody else. When we go to maybe we're asking a friend for something, we don't just expect that they're gonna do it. We might ask them, but we'll always give them a way out. We'll say, oh, only if you want to. No pressure, absolutely no pressure. Do you see what I mean? Well, it's different, isn't it? It's different to the way that we are. It's different to the way that we'll ask a sibling. You know that when you were growing up, you didn't even ask your sibling, you just took. And that was quickly followed by a sudden thump and a flood of tears, and then mum would come and tell you to give it back. It's different. It's different to the way that you ask your boss. Your boss, there's a formality to the ask, isn't there? There's like an, you have to fill in an application or put in a special request. There's a, it's formal, a, a formal email where you're asking and you're using your best behavior to ask because you really want them to say yes to you. And then there's a, a request, a, 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 an acceptance or a denial of your request. It's different. It's different to the way you might ask a colleague. When you're asking a colleague in your workplace, there's probably some bargaining tactic that you're gonna use to get what it is that you need. You're gonna say, I'll I'll do this for you if you do this for me. It's different. It's different when we go to a father. When you go home to mum and dad's place, there's this familiarity, isn't there? There's something comfortable about walking back into mum and dad's to the place that you grow up in. There's, there's this, uh, if you've got teenagers um, or adult children who come home again, you know that there's this what's yours is mine kind of thing going on. And they have absolutely no problem walking straight to your fridge, your wallet, your car, or your washing machine. Like, it's different, isn't it? <laughs> There's this intimacy of relationship that we get to go back to. It's a cert, there's a certain shameless boldness when a child returns home to raid the fridge. There's no questions asked. They just go knowing there's safety in their ask. And we have to know, friends, we have to know when we go to God in prayer, we've got to know who we're praying to. We've got to know who we're praying to because it changes the way you ask. You ask differently based on the knowledge of God the Father. If I believe I'm going to a good father who gives good gifts to his children, then I'm going to walk in with my request with a shameless boldness in my ask. I'm going straight to the fridge, folks. Straight to the fridge. And I'm asking with a confidence that doesn't shrink back, amen? Come on, we gotta know who we're praying to. The second thing we need to know when it comes to prayers that move heaven is we've gotta know that there is more. There is more than you believe or think or hope or imagine. When I was growing up, we lived in Pakaranga and uh, our local dairy and bakery was the one on the corner of Reeves Road and Gossamer Drive. Is that anyone's local? Yes, thank you. Yes, anybody else? Yeah, come on, okay. Listen, I have to tell you, and this is the truth now, this is absolute fact, the bakery at the corner of Reeves Road and Gossamer Drive do the best chocolate donuts in all the world. I don't care what your donuts at your bakery are like, mine are the best. All right, I have sampled them many times over from the age of about five years old, I know. There's extensive research that's gone on, gone on. They are the best donuts in the world. And it's the same people making them today as they were 30 years ago. I used to have a chocolate donut, I hate to say it, nearly every day using my bus change, don't tell mum and dad. 
I'd have a chocolate donut after school while walking home from school. 15 years on, I went into the bakery uh, just recently and the lady said to me, oh, you want a chocolate donut? I hadn't been in 15 years and she still remembered my order. Listen, this lady, this is what she'd do. Every time you order something, she asks you the same question. She says this, anything else? So I order my chocolate donut. She says anything else and you, and you go, oh, okay, all right. Um, okay, all right, I'll have, a, I'll have a sausage roll. She goes, okay, chocolate donut, sausage roll. Anything else? I'm like, oh. Well, I wasn't going to, but sure. Sure, I'll, I'll have a custard square, okay. Anything else? Uh, all right, you twisted my arm. Throw in a pizza stick, all right. She's, okay, chocolate donut, sausage roll, custard square, pizza stick. Anything else? No, no, I don't want anything. Can I tell you, church, our God is an anything else God. He's an anything else God who's got more to give you than you hoped or dreamed or imagined. He's the God of more, and He invites us to ask, to seek, to knock. In, this, in verse 3 of the Lord's Prayer, we actually read something that's interesting. Verse three of the Lord's Prayer is, give us today our daily bread. But if you take a look at that word bread, uh, in some of the different translations, and also in the footnotes, if you look at the little number and the letter and you follow it down to the bottom, you know all those little fine prints at the bottom, the footnotes of your Bible there? In the footnotes, for the word bread, it says, or our tomorrow. So give us today our daily bread, or our bread for tomorrow. There's this interesting story that I heard about what happened to a number of children in the bombing raids of World War II. Thousands and thousands of children became orphaned and were left to starve, and the fortunate ones were able to come and find refuge in an orphanage, and they were cared for and given food. But the ones in the orphanage they discovered who had been through the most and lost the most really struggled to sleep at night. They would find that they would wake up in the night. They'd either struggle to go to sleep or they'd wake up in the night because they were constantly worried that they may wake up and find themselves homeless and starving again. And they tried a number of different things to try and bring these children comfort and get them to be able to sleep peacefully at night. And finally, someone came up with this very interesting idea. And the idea was to give every child a piece of bread to sleep with. And so they began handing out at bedtime bread for the children to sleep with either in their hand or under their pillow. And what's amazing is that from that day onwards, all the children began to sleep peacefully with no waking and no worries. They were able to sleep with the peace knowing that not only have I eaten today, but I will eat again tomorrow. I will eat again tomorrow. And I have to tell you that because we serve a God of more, we can know and trust and have confidence that He provides for us today, but He doesn't just provide for our today. He provides for your tomorrow. But the amazing thing about a God of more and an anything else God is that He doesn't just provide for your today or your tomorrow, but He provides for the next day and the next day and the next day because commentaries will tell us that not only does it say our daily bread or our bread for tomorrow, but many translations in the original also say day by day by day by day by day. 
which means that He's got more for you than your here and now. He's got more for your tomorrow and the next day and the next day. In Luke 12, verse 22, it says this, then, his disciple, then He said to His disciples, meaning Jesus, it says, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the bo- your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and, more, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth more, much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Then in verse 27, he says this. He says, consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass, which is in a field today and is thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more? How much more will he do for you? See, there is always more with God. And because we know that there is always more, we can stand confidently with shameless boldness and continue to pray those big, bold, scary, audacious prayers. Ephesians 3.20 says, For him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Can I tell you that the story of this church is a story of exceedingly, abundantly more? When God first put this church in the heart of our founding pastor, Luke Bro, what Pastor Luke asked for was a church of 1,000, a school, a Bible college, and a bookshop. That's what he asked for. But what we see now is exceedingly and abundantly more than that. We are now a church of eight campuses where about 10,000 people we call Elam Christian Center home across those eight campuses. We have three campus schools with over 1,300 students in them. We have a leadership college that feeds leaders into our entire nation. What he asked for was exceeded by the God of more. Because he is a God of exceedingly abundantly so much more. When it comes to prayers that move heaven, we've got to know that he is a God of more. He is a God of more. The third and final thing, the team can come and join me now. The third thing I want to say to you is this. When it comes to your prayers and prayers that move heaven, ask and ask again. Ask and ask again. I can't tell you the number of times I have been to a restaurant, ordered my meal, it's arrived, and it's arrived wrong. It's not right. And so I get the waitress's or waiter's attention, I send it back and ask for it to be corrected, and then it arrives a second time, still wrong. Anybody been in that position? But how many of you know, I'm not about to ask a second time. Like, Kiwi nature is not to ask a second time. We don't want to make a fuss. So we're just like, oh, no, 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 it's all right. No, 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 it's all good. Like, kind of like, like this, so it's all right. I'm just, 
It's all good. I'm just, well, I know I said I didn't want avocado, but what I really meant was that I wanted it right in the middle of everything. It's all good. Do you know, this week, as we've been journeying through the first week of our 21 days of prayer, do you know what I realized? I realized I pray my prayers like that. I didn't know I did it until I was working through the devotion, and I realized that often reflects my own prayer life. I realized as I was reading day two of our 21-day prayer guide, which was written by Joy Hooker, who is one of um, the, our, lo- our um, Elam Leadership College team, and in the devotion, it says this, I want to read a passage to you. In Ephesians 1, verse 6 to 8, Paul says that God's grace is rich, it's abundant and full, and that God has lavished His grace on us. Lavish means it is extravagant, over the top, unrestrained, excessive, plentiful, generous, abundant, sumptuous, copious, bountiful. Do you get the picture? This isn't because God somehow thinks we deserve it, because we don't, but it's simply because this is who God is, a rich, loving, giving God. It's the you've got to know who you're talking to. You've got to know who you're asking moment. A rich, loving, giving God. Then Joy writes this. She says, our challenge is to fully accept that all of this is ours. Many of us have believed a lie that suggests God might bless others, but not me. In thinking I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough, we are using ourselves as a measuring stick rather than Father God's nature of generosity. This is like putting an umbrella up in the rain. God might be lavishly raining down His grace and blessing on you, but the umbrella you've put up is not allowing you to bask in it. We might ask, and we might even ask a second time, but so often disappointment or fear or doubt or discouragement or worry causes us to downsize our request. And we stop asking and we convince ourselves that the lesser version of what we were believing for is what we wanted all along. Kind of like the meal that comes incorrectly. And what we do is we think any more would just be making a fuss. And so up goes the umbrella And we really begin to limit what God can do in our lives. But do you remember the verse I started with? When I began this message, I started with the verse that said, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Listen, this makes me smile. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Did you guys hear that? He didn't get up and give him something because he was his mate. No, he got up because of his persistence. He gave him what he needed because he persisted with shameless boldness. And some of you need to know today that God is not irritated by your persistence. He loves it. 
He is not annoyed at you because you keep asking. He invites you to persist in your ask. He wants you to ask and ask again with a shameless boldness because shameless boldness doesn't downsize. It doesn't retreat. It doesn't shrink back and absorb. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't downsize what it's asking or begin to, to expect less from the Father. It seeks till it finds. It knocks till the door is open and it asks, asks, and asks again. Persist, yeah, come on. Persistent prayers move heaven. And and I just get the feeling as I'm standing here speaking to you right now, that there are some of you in the room today and you've shrunk back in your ask. You've downsized it. You've, You've like decided that Oh, maybe that's not really what I want. Maybe, maybe this would be okay. You're settling. But we don't need to settle when it comes to the God of more. Shameless boldness. Come on, let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are our Father. And you are a good Father who gives good gifts to His children. And Lord... We come to you now as your kids and we bring our ask to you. We bring our seeking and our knocking to you. And Lord, where we have perhaps shrunk back, downsized, where we have retreated in our ask, where we have perhaps lessened our expectation because of disappointment or worry or hurt or discouragement, God, we choose this day to ask and ask again. Lord, would you fill each and every one of us with a shameless boldness that would seek the exceedingly abundantly more that you have for us. I want to just pray one more prayer, just with every head still bowed and every eye closed. Would you uh, just allow me to take a moment to speak to those of you in the room today, and perhaps you're here and you don't really know God. Maybe church isn't your thing. Maybe it's, you know, the first time or second time you've come along and joined us today. And perhaps you'd say you're honest and say that you're far from God. Maybe God was part of your life a long time ago, but not anymore. I believe there are people in the room today and you know that for you, this morning is about coming back to God. Well, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment because God loves you. He loves you and He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. And His greatest desire is that He would live in relationship with you now and in eternity and that He would see you grow to the fulfillment of all He created you to be. But the problem is, is that we all walk away from Him. We choose our own path. We choose to do it our way. We make mistakes. We mess up. We turn our backs on God. The Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God. But God loves us so much and wants to be in relationship with us so much that He found a way to reconcile us back to Him. And that was through Jesus and His work on the cross. Jesus came, He lived a sinless life on earth, He died a sinner's death, and He paid the debt that you and I would do for our sin. He took it upon Himself 
so that we could be forgiven and set free. And I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. You don't have to pray it out loud. You don't have to come down to the front. You can just stay right there where you're seated. And I'll lead you in a prayer. And you can just pray it in your heart and really own it. Make it your own. Are you ready? Let's pray. Online, believe that you can be praying too. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. I choose this day to follow you. Would you become my Lord and my Saviour? I ask for your forgiveness today. I turn my life towards you. And thank you that you can make me brand new. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask you to just take one more step. I would love to know who I'm praying for today, online and in the room. All you have to do, in just a moment, you don't have to come down the front. I'm not gonna embarrass you, nothing like that. You're not gonna stand up. All I'm gonna ask you to do, I'm gonna count to three. And if you could just raise your hand, lift it up so I can see it. I'll acknowledge it. You can pop it straight back down. Online, there's a button you can push. It's coming up right now. It says, I raise my hand. You can push that button and I'll be able to see you and know. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, three. All across the room and online, hands can be raised. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I see that hand. Anybody else here saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer? I prayed that prayer for the very first time or maybe coming back to God. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for every life transformed and turned around for you today. Lord, I thank you that your love for them is so great and your plans for them are more than they can hope or imagine. I pray your protection over them as they leave this place today. And God, we celebrate as all of heaven celebrates right now in Jesus' name. Come on, church, would you celebrate with us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.